Hi guys, this is Ali and uh, with me is Alia and today we are going to be uh, having a conversation around uh, the COVID crisis and uh, schools and um, government and a lot of other things that we've been discussing for the past few days at home. Um, and we've actually uh, just this is our this is our first podcast and we're um, thinking of releasing uh, or starting a series where we just kind of share our thoughts with you and um, you know pose you pose some questions and um, maybe yeah uh, sort of bring our thoughts to the forefront yes and and so today's discussion is more about um, given the challenge we all are in with the COVID-19 um, we know schools are closed uh, for the next two months but uh, let's say in June if things uh, stay where they are we may not see schools opening probably for another three to six to even like uh, 12 months uh, it all depends on whether we are able to develop vaccine in time and whether it's available for everyone and so uh, and also if it, you know there is a vaccine that does develop it's probably going to the research is mostly happening in the developing countries and, and it's countries. in the sorry the developed countries and and it will um first be accessible there and then it's going to come here and then it's going to take some yes. time to filter through uh, and get to everybody yes and, and 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 unless it's not available for everyone we will not be able to uh, come out of this crisis yes. and schools are first to close and probably the last to open Yes, and, I agree. Uh, and, and you know, it's it's um, basically in a, we are in a situation where there's a lot of uncertainty. So, so we don't. Uh, although you know, we are hoping that schools maybe will open in June. Uh, it seems unlikely that uh, the physical spaces are going to be open um, before, let's say, I, I think December or January. Yeah. So I mean, so in all uh, sort of. Uh, the reality is that we will be seeing schools to probably open uh, online uh, yeah. in uh, June. Mm -hmm. And so if that is the case, then we're looking at a lot of um, uh, problems when it comes to a country like Pakistan, where um, uh, you are looking at some schools which are, of course, uh, well equipped to get into uh, this space very easily because uh, A, Probably the school has resources in terms of uh, internet and devices available for the teachers as well as for learners. Uh, and also probably the teachers are ready to make uh, content and deliver content. And then on the other side, you have other schools who may not be ready for this kind of a setup. So they may not have uh, access to devices. Their students may also not have access to devices. The teachers may not have the kind of training that will equip them to have classes online, let's say on platforms like Zoom or uh, to be able to um, manage learning management systems that uh, that would be able to support their children in their learning. So um, it's kind of like, a, there's a, of course, there's always inequality, but this, this kind of inequality now has become uh, where uh, a, a situation where it's going to directly impact the learning outcomes uh, of children in, in schools all over the country. Yes, and so we're looking at a more pronounced uh, sort of income inequality to happen because of uh, lack of resources um, so another challenge I think Aliyah you will uh, you may agree to is basically what about the young learners you know like what about the primary school learners where we are always saying you know like let's not have screen time or let's limit screen time how will they cope up in this time I don't know Ali that's actually really funny because uh, the, the whole argument against uh, screen time has right now gone through the window 
uh, it's um, in on so many of uh, the parent groups that I'm on, all the parents are saying that we're we don't really have a choice. We're giving our kids screen time because there's literally nothing else we can do. Um, and, uh, you know, they, we have to keep them busy and they have to spend some part of their day doing something. And, and of course, they're going around in the house as well. But obviously, they can't be going outside. And, you know, the whole um, the whole idea of children being able to get those, you know, two to three hours of uh, play out outdoors is, is something that is not going to be happening very easily for a lot of people. So... Um, the the scre screen time has basically now become i think a part of a lot of households and um it it's going to pose a problem when schools go online because i think for young learners it's going to uh, be more difficult to sit through an online class uh, because uh, the classroom management that takes place in a in a primary classroom is not going to be able to happen online so it's not going to be the teacher managing the students it's going to be the parent managing the students so uh, so i think in this kind of a situation the role of the parent has changed the parent is not just uh, you know the, uh, somebody who is not that active or or, or not taking a, um, a very active um, part in their child's learning, but now they have actually become a, a sort of teacher or a learning coach who is very, you know, almost equal, equally partnering in their child's learning. I agree. So, and, yeah. and also uh, for young learners, like we have a two-year-old daughter. I mean, for us, the school plays a very important role in terms of like... Um, social interactions and uh, suddenly that part of social interaction is gone because uh, the school is closed in physical sense of course learning will happen by one way or the other but that most very important element of uh, you know learning through play learning through social interaction all of those things will not happen now um, the only way we can do that is that uh, how parents will probably interact or siblings may interact with a young child but it may not happen how it happens in school yeah so i'm also kind of wondering what preschools all over the country are going to be doing uh, at this time in terms of online learning and how long let's say a two-year-old uh, can sit through a class and 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 uh, how um honestly how um how that's going to work out yeah, so as as uh, educators uh ali and i are are working on that part also because we run a school which uh, caters to um, uh, age two to uh, nine, and we we are looking at that challenge. But let's talk about uh, what do schools need to do or need to work on um, in the next few sort of months uh, regarding going online. So um, I think um, one thing that they could work on is uh, invest in technology because that seems to be the most important investment right now. And um, working or maybe uh, trying out and experimenting with different learning management systems, finding the one that works best for you and your age group. Uh, looking at softwares that would help them conduct classes online, ensuring that uh, schools and children have reliable internet, devices you know tablets or laptops or whatever and and um all of this not just for students but also for teachers because it's, it's going to be um challenging uh working from home for the teachers as well and they they will need to um uh, have enough training for them to be able to uh conduct those classes online. yes yeah and i think uh, not only conduct online classes but also be able to make content uh, which can be available when kids are not uh, doing live sessions so 
a lot of those Khanik Admi kind kind of videos which are basically giving content to um, uh, students, which can be useful uh, if for self-pacing. If uh, if somebody has, for example, Apache Internet uh, one day may not come online, may still have access to those resources. Uh, later on yeah and even power cuts like what if you're having an online real time class and you have a power cut and you're struggling to then you know get things in place and and so so basically there's going to be a lot of disturbances and and issues that are going to come up if we have live real time classes i think it's going to be easier um for um the younger and the primary classes to have let's say pre-recorded like uh yeah pre-recorded lessons which which the children can sort of go through at their own pace, own pace. and and then kind of the parent will support them and then they have to let's say fill out some some document or they have to you know write an answer or a response and i and uh, at our end i mean we, we've been very busy even buying a lot of these ebooks uh, these resources yeah. which are available for for students because now suddenly uh, physical books uh, may not be easily available so you need to look at either make packs and send it to students or yeah, uh, start I think to that provide exactly. uh, resources uh, I think that e that's also kind of like uh, depends on what kind of curriculum you're using exactly. and, and because our curriculum is mostly imported from the US so we, we have to get them we have to get the ebooks but i think for maybe for the schools who are using the curriculums that are easily available here so they will just need to probably get in touch with their vendors or suppliers and just ask and them to sort them of yeah provide the kids those, provide those them books with um, yeah the the things they need makes sense and and a lot of time we need to also uh, sort of uh, understand that uh, a lot of time pe people uh, you know like think that probably this is homeschooling this is probably not homeschooling now uh, this is more of uh, I think distance learning distance right learning. this is more like distance learning and and um, uh, it, it it really it depends on the parents uh, in terms of um, how involved they want to be in this entire process but um, i think uh, the more um, the more time that we spend uh, you know kind of rolling these programs out uh, parents will end up having to take a more uh, active role in their child's learning so you now now basically working uh, with your child making sure the child develop uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, finish all the tasks that are assigned to him or her and also make sure that uh, they are um, learning and are meeting all the learning objectives yes yes but i think as an educator there's a little um uh, disclaimer that i would like to add here as well because i feel like um at a time like this when children are probably younger children are probably very confused about what's going on uh and why they cannot you know be going to a normal school in a normal setting and why they can't go out and i mean any information we give them about the covid has to be uh very um nicely and pleasantly and in a said in a child friendly way and manner explained to them so so it kind of brings me to that that whole thing about maslow before bloom because yes educational outcomes very important but before we um do that th it is important for our child to feel safe to feel loved to feel um, that so that's, they the are, that's, that's the Maslow, Maslow part. part. That's the, the Maslow part. Is and the yeah, the Bloom part is the educational outcomes. It's like a whole um, pyramid of educational outcomes, like going from the most basic to the more complex ones. But but until and unless they they have Maslow, which is you know the most basic um, love and support and safety, um, it's kind of um, it's unfair to ask them for um, very high educational outcomes. Makes sense. So. 
in this challenging time basically we need to also sort of take it easy um because it's the first time for the schools the first time for the learner first time for the parents and i think patience is the word because um um we will soon be all um well equipped to take up this challenge right now everyone has this steep sort of learning curve to 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 climb and so we need to be patient and uh, be 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 prepared be prepared mentally, and yeah, mentally be prepared yeah. and be open minded about uh, all the challenges i agree let's just talk about now the 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 government and uh, you know what does government needs to do i mean we are clearly looking at a scenario where some schools will have the resources will be able to cope up well with this challenge while the lot of other schools in fact 90% of the schools will have a serious issue of um uh, making um things happen because lack of resources will become a big challenge so i think something that the government does need to do is provide schools with capacity building so they can talk to i think internet providers and ask them to provide um uh, internet to uh, schools and reliable students and cheap yeah re- cheap reliable internet to schools and students and and i'm talking i mean here i'm talking about um you know those schools that don't don't have these kind of um you know uh, resources. resources yes and and similarly um provide devices to schools and students because they don't have access to those either and i would say you know this is this could be like you, you know you could take this as an appeal to the government to the ministries to all the people involved to the tech support companies that we need to collaborate we need to find solutions we need to create platforms um we need to find a way to reach out to each and every child uh, that is out of school right now and so so those schools which have resources i think they they need to also step up in this manner and then find out ways to reach out to those schools uh which do not have the resources and maybe share those resources yeah, uh public private partnerships public private pa- partnership private private partnerships uh, yeah. work yeah um so and and government can become the middle party the facilitator in this dialogue and in these uh creating platforms where the tech industries can meet the educators the educators which have the resources can meet other, other educators who do not have the resources so government can become that facilitator that that middle party which is bringing all of these uh key stakeholders together so that in this crisis uh learners do not lose out yeah and you know what looking at the silver lining in this entire situation i can say that there is one thing that uh we can do that could actually end up reaching out to more children is that we know that pakistan's mobile penetration rate is pretty high i think it's about what 70 to 80% yeah and um uh, the 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 access to smartphones uh is is Roughly pretty 50%. high yeah 50% or so by 2020 i read somewhere but um what what can happen now is that using digital platforms to provide high quality distance learning we can reach out to those children we couldn't reach out to earlier and and we can provide a quality that we wouldn't otherwise be able to provide so this is this is one uh, positive that i see coming out of this that if we somehow manage to get people on board and provide the right tech and the internet provi- uh, connections etc so basically your companies like avarid uh, and and your um, sort of um, i don't know mobile link and other companies uh, like uh, telecom provi- yeah telecom providers, providers they they can now become they can play a very important role yeah. and the government can basically say to them that you know the educators will make content your job is to 
uh, push it out to all your users yes for example you know like uh, that content can be available for free yes for free download i agree and, yes or even on youtube you know like uh, whichever way so this this has to happen where we are trying to sort of reach out to uh, all our um, learners even in distant part where there is uh, no way schools can open very soon yes uh, yes and i think this is uh, the the this is the from this entire situation uh, some good that may come out can be if we actually end up collaborating and creating something of value makes sense yeah and so our appeal to the government is basically um, that you know uh, we are here as educators we are here yeah. uh, to reach help out to us. Um, and uh, reach out to us and reach out to all other schools which are um, which has resources and are have technology uh, backgrounds to uh, deliver that content we will be delivering the content to our students we would love to deliver to any yes. child out there yes. who is doesn't have access to exactly and also this is an appeal to all other schools uh, who would want to sort of collaborate we are helpful yeah we we're we we're we love to help we would love to help we are here we're um uh, we are looking into all kinds of uh, research and innovative methods to actually provide um uh, good solutions um uh, to to students in all part different parts of pakistan and and you know if you're interested we uh, please reach out to us to collaborate so the next discussion uh, i think we need to have is uh, what does the government needs to refrain from from doing you know like uh, currently the government came up with this uh, directive of reducing fee by 20% and uh, as educators um, we understand where it's coming from i mean it's all about you know reducing the burden but let's talk about what are the short term versus long term implication of it uh, in in this so one of the most important sort of uh, long term implication i can see here is this that you know whenever you from an economics perspective because i teach economics as well uh, is this that whenever you are uh, uh, sort of controlling prices uh, in any way possible you are basically making it difficult for any company in in the long term in terms of capacity building so right now is the time for schools to research and innovate and collaborate and sort of build resources so suddenly with which this with this kind of a directive you are basically making it difficult for schools to um get involved in research and development and as a result the 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 if if uh, survival becomes the most important sort of uh, uh, sort of uh, problem for schools then they may not invest in uh, r&d which is something which is very important and uh, some schools clearly some small schools will end up will end up closing down a lot of these small schools will end up closing down and you might have these school closures which can result in a lot of uh, uh, schools which are large and uh, and have more resources to stay in the business which means it's anti competitive competition uh, it might result in monopoly uh, monopoly of some schools or may result in small schools to completely be not around so one of the challenges i see yeah. uh, of this happening is is that small schools may close down research and development may not happen um and and i think something i'd like to add here is the narrative around private schools um i feel like um we need to change the narrative around private schools as uh being exploit as a, uh, being exploitative, exploitative. and and uh, 
and people or businesses who are are trying to just make profits and we need to change that narrative it has to be more about um that that you know everybody needs to collaborate at this time and find solutions it has to be more about here are uh, people who are working for the good of the country and who are trying to provide education against all odds and and that is where the narrative has to go and in the past two years i don't know i have seen the narrative change and i would now i mean at this point i really want to appeal to people to understand that um people who are running schools are not just business people that is something that is on the side first and foremost they are intellectuals they are academics they are people who came into the field to make a difference and they have played a role uh, and they will keep on playing a role uh, and that's something which uh, we need to understand so from the pers- uh, from uh, from our perspective i think government what needs to refrain from uh, any policy that ends up basically resulting in incentives of of uh, research and development to be curtailed they need to encourage more collaboration they need to ask each and every company to do more uh, be it education be it uh, tel uh, telecom be it uh, tech. tech companies and all that and find ways to collaborate find create platforms right now uh, because we are in it uh, for a long period of time yeah. till we find a vaccine till we find solutions to come out of uh, this we we may not be able to see schools to open right any anytime soon okay so so just wrapping it up i'm just uh going to uh kind of quickly go over what we've discussed um basically um we we've been uh discussing what the uh current crisis is like and how it has impacted schools in terms of what problems they are facing there is an inequality of resources like um tech support or internet connections or staff training um and and uh we are also looking at uh problems that come that are related to the age of students in in school so so basically i think the challenge is greater for children Young uh, younger children younger learners yes. um who are even in the early primary years uh, are going to be affected m- more um by this and and um also we discussed what schools need to work on in terms of uh they need to work on learning management systems and softwares to conduct online classes they need to um uh work on staff training uh and and um uh, providing basic tech support and and um also how this becomes difficult for schools that do not have that access um and finally something that we've uh, also discussed is what the government needs to do and what they need to refrain from and, and i think what they do need to do is work with uh telecom providers tech companies and educators together to collaborate to produce solutions so that we can reach out to each and every child in the country and um something that they need to refrain from doing is look at short term gains such as reducing fees when they should actually be looking at long term gains like capacity building so um uh this is this is these are our thoughts on on the current covid crisis yes. and education and we're here so please we would love to hear your views on what you have to say um so reach out to us write to us let us know in comments below yes. uh, what you think and um this is the end of our first um podcast so, so thanks for uh, listening hang in there stay safe and be well yes bye bye